Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. And Darian, you ready to talk some basketball tonight? Yeah, let's get it, man. Let's get to the basketball side of things here, man. Yes, our UAB Blazers coming in 7-1. and one. Big game this Saturday night up in Morgantown against huge. the West Virginia Mountaineers. It is huge. You are correct. This is like the premier non-conference game for UAB this year. And, buddy, if they can somehow find a way to get a win in Morgantown, this is going to – I mean, that that would be a huge plus in trying to get an at-large bid into the NCAA tournament come March. Um, but before we get started, guys, if you are listening right now and you are not subscribed to the Blazer Victory Podcast, go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button, whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Podbean, wherever. Hit that follow or subscribe button so you do not miss any future episodes. So, Darren, let's just kind of talk about UAB season so far. So, you know, as I just mentioned, seven and one currently heading into Morgantown this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Only one loss coming in the Barstool uh, Sports Invitational to Toledo. That's really not looking like a good loss like we thought about a few weeks ago. But, hey, just one loss. Uh, let's just talk about it. Um, so, you know, me and you were both able to go to the South Alabama game uh, this past Sunday. A really mm-hmm. decent, decent crowd. Um and good you know, energy. We were, good energy, yes. And that, what, what we were talking about, like it, it seems that they're, you know, UAB is slowly kind of putting it together. Like, yeah, there's still some things they need to work on, but we could honestly tell an improvement from the South Alabama game, you know, versus the, you know, the first game that uh, you know we saw them when they started or when they opened up the season in Bartow against Alabama State. Wouldn't you say so? Yes. Um... The energy has always been there. I think the the PA guy does a good job. Uh, the team that's running the atmosphere for the in-game atmosphere, they do a good job with um, playing music at the right time. The guy does a good job at getting the crowd amped up at the right time. Stand up on your feet. He, they, the crowd. I felt like at the South Alabama game <clears throat> really spurred on runs, mm-hmm. like. You know, uh, UAB, we can be a team that can bam, bam, bam. It can be a close game, you know, two-point game, and then bam, 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 you look up, we up 12. Um, you know, that's just the kind of team we are. It can be quick. It can be deadly. I'm not saying it's not like Golden State used to be because Golden State can put up a couple threes, and the next thing you know, you're like, dang, how are we down like this? But that's kind of what we, that's what we tend to do to you. So the crowd really feeds into it, you know, and I, we were thinking, it was like, man, it was a nice a nice attendance. I think it was about 3,800 at the South Alabama game. Mm-hmm. It was good, but it wasn't great. It was good, but it wasn't great. We wanted it to be great. I was just thinking with the energy in the in the atmosphere that uh that we have already, I'm like, man, if we pack that thing out, just do it one time, I think it'll be an experience that um, people haven't felt in a long time. And when you get used to feeling that that feeling of something special, you in there, and that energy mm-hmm. is contagious, it, 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 it'll continue to happen. But I'm proud of the fact that it seems like we're slowly getting there and that the energy is there. The atmosphere is there. Now it's adding more bodies. Yes. Because if we, if we get all the bodies in the seat, man, 
it's going to be one of the best, most difficult atmospheres to play at in the group of five. I say in 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 basketball. Period. Um, so let's keep let's continue building. I'm proud of where we at. I'm proud of how how the team has grown on the court as well. Yes, and real quick, just you know, in regards to the crowd, um, great opportunity uh, next Wednesday, December the fourteenth, as South Carolina comes to Bartow Arena at six o'clock. So I definitely expect that to be a really good atmosphere and have a, a larger crowd too. Even though South Carolina is really not a great, uh, you know, team, but it's still a it's a brand name. You know, it's an SEC team, uh, so that should have bring a pretty good crowd in Bartow Arena next Wednesday. Um, but before that. Hey, we've got to take care of business uh, this Saturday night in Morgantown. And, you know, you just mentioned uh, the, the team. You know, early on, those first few games, you know, UAB handled business other than Toledo. But it seems that of late, the last, especially, you know, the Jacksonville game and, and the South Alabama game in stretches, it, it seems that. UAB as a team is starting to kind of come together more. It seems like, you know, the, the, the guys are really starting to gel better. You know, you, you know, Andy Kennedy, king of the transfer portal. We all know that. I don't care how talented you are. It's going to take some time to, you know, learn to play together, learn to develop relationship um, on the court, a court relationship with each other. And if they can put it all together this Saturday, I really think UAB has a shot at, knocking off West Virginia. And as we mentioned off of the top of the show, like that would be huge for UAB's resume heading into March if they can uh, handle business. Right. As far as in the first half of that, as far as the team and our growth and what I've seen, I think we've really settled down into finding an identity yes. um, on who we are. I think Eric Gaines offensively has done a great job of um, learning where to pick his spots. I know early in the season he was really pressing and, um, you know, he would put up some mid range shots. He would kind of drive wild to the rim, but I think they've worked on the angles of pick and rolls and he, they get him downhill. And even, even if you look at the box score a lot, even if you don't see that he scored or, you know, he's, his field goal percentage is low. A lot of times he's getting to the rack and mm-hmm. they are committing so much resources to stop him that there's JV and Davis there for offensive rebound. Cause you got the big sliding over, you know, trying to stop him and they're going all out trying to, because he's so explosive. I think he's really found his, his way offensively and how he gets into the lane. And, um, you know, I think, uh, Tavin Lemon, Kind of does the same thing, but he does it more with power. He, mm-hmm. um, Tavin Levin is not, he's about 6'4, but he's strong. Where Eric Gaines is like really explosive and quick, but they both get in the lane. Well, I, not even, I don't even have to mention Jelly because everybody knows how Jelly get down. He, he has an arsenal of skills. I mean, he has the automatic green light, he, he makes good decisions, his handle is really tight. Um, I think Jelly can be a first rounder. I think Jelly can be a good scorer off the bench in the NBA, but that's another story. Um, I think Trey Jimison does a good job of getting into space and be, finding himself open. He has good hands um, for dump offs, and he can finish well, big, strong, big and strong. And um, I just really think a lot of people have found their place. Now, I still, 
I still wonder like where where the where does Tony Tony fit in? I like it's a couple bench pieces. Like KJ Buffin has really found his place as a versatile do it all. Ty Brewer off the bench has really found his spot. He's a mid range guy. He has a really sweet stroke. Um, he can get in there and battle for some rebounds. He's a tweener, big. Um, who else we got? I think I think a lot of the guys have really found their spot. I just think we probably have a couple guys off the bench that can probably um, use a little help in finding where they're at. But we have really gelled, especially defensively. Yes. Like, defensively, I saw the guys talking so much. I remember that first game we went, I'm like, man, why is all, it's like so much confusion? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when guys was driving and Toledo caught us when we didn't know our identity defensively. And if you go back and look at that game, those guys were just driving to the hole and whether it was pick and roll, it was simple defensive coverages that we kind of didn't know what coverage we wanted to do. We didn't know if we wanted to switch. We didn't know if we wanted to, you know, play drop coverage and have the big sit back. Like it was just a lot of confusion. And um, those guys were just able to kind of just, just finish at the rim. And on the other end, we were missing layups. Like Toledo really just, if they was to catch us now, I truly believe we beat them by double digits. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, like that was just uh, they caught us at the right time when we were trying to jail. You know, we had a couple new guys. We was trying to figure out everything and coming watching the South Alabama game, man. I saw defensively like we are so much tighter defensively and how we secure rebounds. And I'm just like, okay, I see, I physically see it. The only thing South Alabama had, South Alabama, South Alabama had these weird guards that played like post players. Mm-hmm. Number two and number four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was weird because it like, I know like number four was not a tall guy, but he was like a six, three, but he looked like he was about two twenty, and he posted up like a old school power forward. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, jelly or something to be on him. And he just did like a little hook shot. And number two would do the same thing. It was like this little turnaround baby. It was like frustrating. I was like, "What? What is this, man? Like, but it it was effective. I haven't really seen anyone play like that. But that's how they got most of their points. It was it was a really weird. It was just really weird, you know. And they were, uh, <laughs> but it it worked. And even when we went on a run, they were able to kind of like I we played well. Like we played we played really well. I thought we were going to twenty piece them, but they was able to kind of make the score look better down the down the stretch. They made a little run down the stretch to to get it to single digits again. But um yeah, I won't pe- I know people probably look at that score and be like, well South Alabama was up there with y'all. Well South Alabama had this tricky these tricky guards that w- would like to post up and act like they were Hakeem Olajuwon. And, <laughs> and it would and it would work because it was like the mm-hmm. quick little baby hook and you couldn't really block it. You know, it was just weird. But it it worked and um, but not good enough, and we was able to secure the dub. Yeah, and I mean, it's like they would just find their spots on the court, and they were, those two guys for South Alabama were just so comfortable that they would make nearly all the times they attempted shots from those spots. Uh, but honestly, too, Darian, I don't think South uh, South South Alabama is that bad of a team. Um, I think they'll end up being a pretty good team in the Sun Belt. Um, I think they just had a couple of bad losses, and that kind of hurts their ranking and Kim Palm and that ranking. But I, I don't. At the end of the year, I think we'll look back and 
look at that South Alabama game and, and realize that, hey, South Alabama wasn't that bad of a team. That was a good win for UAB. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about the importance of this game in Morgantown against West Virginia. And before we do that, in a few minutes, we'll roll our interview that we had with Jared McDonald, who now covers West Virginia for HD Media. Uh, you know, Jared, we had him on earlier um, in football season. You know, he was working for the Bowling Green Daily News covering Western Kentucky. He is now covering West Virginia for HD Media. So we'll roll that interview in a few minutes. But Darian, this this game for a mid-major like UAB in a you know, everybody seems to say Conference USA is a one bid league this year. Hey, I really do think there's a shot at getting a couple in. If you want to get an at large bid into the NCAA tournament, what a statement this would be Saturday night if UAB is able to get the win. It's it's not a must win, Darian, but this is a great opportunity for Andy Kennedy and UAB to kind of just up that resume, man, give it that gold star and go into Morgantown and beat West Virginia. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, because especially with it being on the road yes. in Morgantown, that, that that speaks a lot, saying that we can go on the road and get a big one from a really good team. Hey, it's a quad one opportunity. Right, exactly. Now, um, I know we talked about it in football, how we wanted to start winning those games and really claiming the stake um mm-hmm. and, and making statements and um I really want us to do that in in basketball like I feel like we have the the talent I feel like we have the coaching staff to act, to do that we can do something special this year and um we can get Bartel back to being packed out um I think with West Virginia this is going to be a clash of styles I think mm-hmm. the thing that worry that that worry me for each team I think UAB does well defensively when there's nothing dynamic on the other team that can just kind of just kind of get off on you and start mm-hmm. from there. So what I'm what I'm saying is it's like like South Alabama example had number two and number four that had something that was hard for us to stop, and um and then they kind of went off of that. They had good shooters, and once we tried to come down and help, you had guys in the corner that could stroke it. You know, um, the thing that I see, the thing that I would worry if I was Bob Huggins for West Virginia, the thing that would worry me is like they really don't have a guy to really break you down, like a dynamic guy. Now, they have good players. They have like Stevenson is a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell is t- uh, tall, um, rangy Ford from Texas, probably about 6'9", 6'10". They got a lot of those type of guys that's really good for their defense, but I get to that. But on offense, he's he's skilled. He can hit. He's not strong with the ball though. But he can he can. It's going to be a good matchup because I'm I'm thinking that um, KJ Buffin is going to be on Mitchell. Um, he's not going to be able to overpower KJ. He he is good. He has a couple of moves he does in the post. They try to get him the ball, and um, he has a baby hook. He's tall. He's rangy. He's crafty. Um, and then. They have Matthews, I believe. He's an athlete. Like he can get up, like kind of how Gaines is. He's, but he's more so with his size. He's tall, another six seven ish guy. They have a lot of those guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like everybody else is kind of like, you know, they have a big, a big man down there. Um, 
you know, he's 285 pounds. He's a load. He's not explosive. He's just a load. And then they have a point guard. It's kind of, eh, he just initiates the offense and, you know, he shoots open threes. You know, he, then they have Toussaint that come off the bench. Who's like that microwave score. He can, he can get it going. He's from Brooklyn, New York, I believe. So you know how those guys get down in basketball and they, mm-hmm. he's a little point guard and he gets it going. But their identity, what would worry me for UAB is they have those long, they are a team full of forwards. They yeah. have point guard, then 6'4 through 6'7 through 6'9 guys, and then a big center, you know? So, mm-hmm. and they are very disciplined defensively. And um, they get in you, and that this is their calling card. You don't have to have a dynamic guy on offense when you have you, – it's hard for you to score, and they can they can get in the passing lanes. They can block shots. They secure rebounds. So it's going to be a, a interesting to see the clash of styles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you look at, too – this is, you know, I bring up in the interview with Jared, too, that, you know, UAB is a very tempo team. Like, UAB loves to get up and down uh, fast, uh, get jelly to, you know, pop shots quickly. Where, whereas, you know, on the other hand, West Virginia, I mean, <laughs> they're very, you know, kind of slow and methodical. They they love to play great defense, like Darian just mentioned, and they like to take their time and, you know, get off good shots. Uh, I know they're not as slow as uh, North Texas is, you know, like UAB, that UAB has faced before and will face again this year a couple of times. But, I mean, they're, they're very efficient. Um, so it's going to be important to kind of watch in this ballgame uh, who's – Who's going to dictate the tempo? Who is is UAB going to play their style of basketball, or is West Virginia going to slow UAB down and force UAB to kind of you know work a little ha- a lot more half court uh, offense instead of you know tempo and fast breaks? Uh, but k- kind of looking at this game, Darian, I, I think Xavier in, in West Virginia's last game. Um, really did a good job on defense and forcing West Virginia into mistakes and just kind of making them uncomfortable. Um, and UAB is going to need to do that, do that to West Virginia again this Saturday. Uh, if you can make West Virginia uncomfortable and throw some bad passes and force them into some turnovers, uh, double-digit turnovers, like 10 to 15, and UAB can be aggressive on the boards and not allow West Virginia to get those offensive rebounds to get second-chance points, then I do think UAB – can come out of Morgantown with a win. And so I, I think those are the keys to the game, to be honest. Like, just dictate your style early on, UAB up and down, quickly as possible, force West Virginia to speed up things and make them uncomfortable and force them into a lot of turnovers and just dominate on the boards. And I know that it's hard to do when you play a Big 12 team, a Bob Huggins team, uh, you know, at West Virginia that loves to crash the boards. But let's face it, man, we've got some dudes inside. Trey Jemison, Davis, I mean, we've KJ, but we've got some guys down low that can get after the ball. It's just, you know, are, are they going to come in with that, with that aggressive mindset and try to do that? Or are they going to get, you know, kind of swayed away by seeing how big West Virginia is? Yeah, you know, I think West Virginia really has one big guy in that center. Um, mm-hmm. That down there, I believe his name is Bill. Um, he he's a big guy, but he's not explosive, like mm-hmm. I said. But now the the athlete Stevenson Stevenson at the two is a good athlete. He's about six four, but the at the forward positions they are very. I feel like Mitchell and um Matthews, I believe. I feel like those guys are very rangy, explosive. 
so the difference is going to be at that three position with Ladarius Brewer or Tavin Loving. Usually, is they they both been playing this year. There's going to be a size discrepancy there. Um, you know, they're going to have um a big, long rangey guy. So if I was UAB, like, and you, I know you mentioned turnovers. Guess what? A lot of times it's going to come down to discipline because they're very disciplined. They're going to run a lot of plays. They're going to have a slow pace. So they, they don't give you many opportunities, you know, for turnovers. But if you be disciplined and on your cues, they're not going to just break you down. Mm -hmm. Right. You have to force them to force somebody to go one-on-one. Don't let that play be effective. Switch out, like make somebody make a play. That's what I would do to them. I would make somebody, one on one, make a play, and if they do that, that's cool because they don't really have a go to guy to make plays. They they run plays on offense to get open. That's how you force t- turnovers for them. You force them. It's kind of like you know how David Reeves played defense for UAB football. It's kind of conservative and sit back and and then it's kind of react, read and react. I think that's how you have to play West Virginia. And um, I wouldn't be so aggressive against them defensively. I just play my cues and just force tough shots, crash the boards, and run. Mm-hmm. Or force them and make them press. Like, make them press and try to find they they haven't been able to get shots. And um, I don't think they have a certain matchup for them offensively that they can take advantage of, per se. I think that we do. They're, they're a really good defensive team. But I mentioned Bell, that center. We have Jelly Walker. Mm-hmm. We have we have Eric Gaines too that can get downhill and do some do some work there. But what I would do is I would spam pick and roll because they have a, a big guy. He's good at putting his body on people and rebounding, but he's not a good athlete in space from what I've seen. Um, they I heard them when I was watching the game when he played Florida when West Virginia played for Florida. He was a three hundred pound guy. And he got down to 285. Um, he can move for his size, but if you find a way to get that, the mismatch that I'm gonna be looking for is Jelly Walker. If he's able to get a screen from Trey Jemison, put that guy in in distress. Mm-hmm. I would make him make decisions all game. What you gonna do? You gonna come up? How how you gonna play it? Are you gonna try to switch? Because if you try to switch, um, Jelly, please ISO this man. ISO, ISO, everybody get out the way, cook him. <laughs> you know, he, he's too slow a foot. Okay, well, are you going to drop back? If you drop back, Jelly can pull up. That's an easy shot. Are you going to play up? Up, you're going to play up. All right, Trey Jemison, you roll to the basket, easy dunk. See, and that's something too, Darren, that i noticing from the Xavier game is that West Virginia struggled heavily on high ball screens. Like, Xavier just killed them with the high ball screens the whole, especially in the second half. So maybe that's something UAB looks at doing, you know? I mean, I'm sure West Virginia is going to work on it because uh, Bob Huggins did not seem very happy in that postgame presser. But, I mean, maybe that's something UAB can exploit. Yeah, I, I believe we can because we, I think with, with uh, West Virginia struggles with is like dynamic guys. Uh, some Some guys with some kind of, playmaking ability to them um, because they are so disciplined and just they play good team defense. And I feel like their team is really meant to stop wing players. But uh, I think with them having that big guy at center, I think, like you said, they ran a lot of high ball screens. That's 
the reason why you run a lot of high ball screens. I wouldn't run it with KJ Buffin. I wouldn't run it with I would run it with Trey Jimson because I know the big guy's gonna be on him. And I would just go to go to that over and over until they have to get him out the game. Like y'all better replace him because we're gonna kill him, you know. And honestly, that's all I would do. <laughs> or, or maybe I would get gangs involved in that and get yeah. gangs going downhill against them and hey, be an athlete. Make that guy make a play. Put just put a lot of stress on him until force them to get some bag ups or force them to downsize and then go from there. Um because he's an important part of their team. And um and then I would just be disciplined on defense and um don't don't go for any silly gambles. Don't give don't don't give them any easy buckets. Because if you make a mistake, they have shooters now. They don't probably have guys that can play make like that, and but they have guys that can put the ball in a basket. So I think their problem is just finding a way to put it in the basket, just getting space to do that. Hey, if we can just just be disciplined and play solid defense, get Jelly going. I think Jelly would have to have a big game here. Um, I think he has big games, other games, just because he want to, <laughs> like, <laughs> just because yeah. he want to. But I think this game, he, we really would need him in his playmaking, his chops, like a, I'm talking about a 30.9 assist type of game, you know. And um, and I think everybody else would be able to eat off of that. Definitely. Well, again, Saturday night, five o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. This game will be televised on ESPN Plus between UAB and West Virginia. Just just a couple quick things, Darian. Um, what what concerns me is that this is UAB's first true road game. So I know early on, you know, West Virginia might jump up on us just because it, we, we the team might be a little rattled. I hope not, but I mean, it's just to be expected. That's going to be an intimidating atmosphere in Morgantown. Um, but the other point I wanted to make is that. I know last year was a completely different season, you know, with both teams, different teams, but UAB was up on West Virginia at Legacy Arena by 11 points and just let that thing slip away. And the only reason UAB let that game slip away last year was because it just couldn't knock down shots in the second half. I mean, you look at, you know, four of 21 from three point, uh, 40% total from the field. I mean, you're not going to beat many teams doing that. And that's unfortunately what happened last year in this matchup. But this year, I mean, I, I just don't see us doing any worse than four of 21 from three. Like, I, I got to think Jelly's at least going to knock down a few by himself. Yeah, I mean, he's going to probably knock down more than four threes. And then, you know, Ladarius Brewer, you know, um, Eric Gaines can make a couple threes. K.J. Buffett can stroke it. Ty Brewer can make some. Tyler Beatrum. Like, we got some guys that can shoot. You know, Butter Johnson back there. So I'm not, I ain't, I ain't worried about that at all. Well, again, guys, hey, this isn't a must win for UAB because, you know, honestly, what it comes down to is conference play and getting in the Conference USA tournament and winning that thing. But hey, if UAB can win this game Saturday, this definitely kind of opens up that door a little bit, actually, a lot more into getting that at-large uh, bid come March if, if if UAB does slip up um, in the Conference USA tournament. So so not a must-win, but, hey, man, this thing would be great to win to help our at-large chances um, and just a big resume boost. And, you know, I know we've got South Carolina next week, UAB does, but this game on the road, a quad one opportunity, I mean, 
oh, you, you got to think the guys are excited about getting up there to play. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Well, all right, guys. Well, um, without further ado, you know, we'll go ahead and roll our interview that we had with Jared McDonald, and we'll be back next week to get you guys ready for football in the Bahamas Bowl. Yes, sir. But as, al- but as always, go Blazers. Go Blazers. Deal for game. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast, where we are pleased to be joined again by Jared McDonald. Jared, welcome back to the Blazer Victory Podcast, man. It's good to have you on for the second time this year. Thanks, John. I did not expect to be back this early the last time we talked, that's for sure. Yes, for those that don't know, uh, Jared is with the uh, HD Media covering West Virginia sports now. And, you know, HD Media owns Herald Dispatch, Charleston Gazette Mail, and a bunch of other newspapers. So, Jared, you know, moved from Bowling Green, Kentucky, over to uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. So, first off, you know, congratulations, Jared. Um, And I guess the first question I've got to ask you is, over under 50, how many times have you listened to uh, Country Road Take Me Home? Oh, uh, actually, (laughs) you you know the the Spotify rap that they do at the end of the year? Oh, yes, the rap, yes, yes. Yeah, I don't I don't do Spotify. I'm an Apple Music guy, but they have their own version of it. It's like the top five or whatever. That was the number one song that I listened to this year. <laughs> so it, you have <laughs> listened to it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was a that was a big part of my decision process. I just sat there and listened to some John Denver as I, uh, you know, mulled over whether I was going to leave Bowling Green for West Virginia or not. And, uh, you know, the country roads took me home, baby. Yes. Well, this is, you know, your second week there and you're already off to a banging start. You know, West Virginia gets uh, Rand Baker as the new athletic director. Uh, West Virginia hoops going on, men's and women's. You've got um, it looks like West Virginia is going to keep their uh, football coach, Neil Brown. You've you've certainly had a lot to write about this this last week and a half. (laughs) Man, that's for sure. Um, It does help. You know, Ren Baker being a CUSA guy coming from North Texas. So I was very familiar with some of the things that he was able to do there. You know, talk to Brett Vito a little bit down with the uh, Denton Record Chronicle. Um, you know, talk to Todd Stewart from Western Kentucky. You know, he kind of gave me, you know, a heads up that he's a great guy to work with. And, you know, I, I, it's going to be, you know, an easier transition because of that and stuff like that. So, uh, I'm kind of glad that it's just out of the way at this point. I think it all broke on day three on the job for me. So it was pretty hectic on the early going. Um, but, you know, now it's just powering through and moving forward with the uh, the normal stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask with transitioning in your real life, in your career, how has that been? Like Just with so much going on in your career at the same time, it's so much going on in your real life. Man, it's I'm so tired right now. Um <laughs> It really started back in October. Grant Trailer, he covered Marshall for a long time. He's the one that ended up hiring me, calling me, and telling me about this job. And the job itself was very, you know, intriguing to me. It was almost a no-brainer, but I had never been to Morgantown, West Virginia before. So I was kind of sitting there like, I need to see this place. I need to see this place. Western Kentucky had that Friday night football game against UAB. Oh, we don't uh, want to talk about that. that yeah, no, that was the last time I was on the pod. It was right before that game. That's right. And so after the after the game, I get done working. It's like 1 or 2 a.m. And I was like, I need to go see this place. So I just take off in the middle of the night, drive seven hours to Morgantown, get here, you know, 10, 11 a.m. Because um, I stopped for a little nap at a rest area because I was just I was beat. And uh, I get here and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I could live here. 
and from there it's been you know back and forth a little bit and and busy because i was helping out with the daily news and bowling green for a while too just trying to see football season through at least the regular season um and then i think i finished there on november 20th and then started here on november 21st so it's been it's been hectic man to say the least yeah. yeah Well, Jared, hey, well, guys, if you are not following Jared on Twitter, definitely give Jared a follow at jmcdonaldsport. He has the same handle as he did last time, so make sure you give him a follow <laughs> if you have not done so already. But, Jared, we've got a basketball game this uh, Saturday night at 5 o'clock in Morgantown as the UAB Blazers will travel up there to take on the Mountaineers. Um, as we, we're, we're currently recording this uh, interview uh, Tuesday evening, so – West Virginia will play Navy Wednesday evening, so they'll have another game before. Uh, but cu- coming currently, they are six and two, should be seven and two heading into the UAB game. But just looking at this West Virginia team, like it's it, it looks like a typical Bob Huggins team where you know they love to play slow paced, uh, you know, make sure to get very uh, very efficient shot selection um, and just play really good defense. Uh, well, would you say that's the case this year with the, the, you know, the games that you've been able to uh, cover so far for West Virginia? Yeah, I think they, they like to take a lot of pride in their defense. Um, they're coming off a loss to Xavier on Saturday, heading into the Navy game. And they're very disappointed with their defensive effort in that game. They gave up an, an 84 points in that. That was a season high for them, 48 in the second half. Uh, that was also a season high for points and a half for them. And really, it's just, I think, the effort, the buy-in, the want-to that they were most disappointed in. Xavier got a lot of, you know, drives straight to the rim, a lot of easy baskets off the pick-and-roll. Um, you know, Solly Boom is there. Uh, UTEP transfer, I don't know how much you watched him, you know, the last couple of years playing in CUSA, but he is there. He's doing very well. Um, you know, it was actually it was pretty good to see him in person again. I'd only seen him really at the uh, CUSA tournaments the last couple of years, but I think that's been the biggest focus for them this week leading up into this Navy game and probably against UAB as well. It's just defensively, you know, making it tougher, not having those easy drives to the basket. And then offensively, um, you know, they've had stretches where they're really good. And then they've had stretches where they're really bad. You know, the turnovers is something that they're trying to clean up. Um, We were talking before we started recording this podcast, actually. The first question I ever asked Bob Huggins was after the Xavier game. He had talked a lot leading up to that game, you know, about needing to take care of the ball and, and not turn it over as much because Xavier will get out and transition and score a bunch of points, and that's what they did. And, um, you know, I, I brought that up, and he cuts me off, and he goes, we did a great job with that, didn't we? And then I'm like, how do, you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you clean that up? And he's like, get better players. How's that? <laughs> And then Bob Huggins. He, he paused for quite a while. Nobody says anything. And he's like, I don't know. We, we work on it. You know, maybe we'll just all do, you know, dribble handoffs so we don't actually have to pass it. But that's going to be another big point of emphasis, trying to clean that up. But, you know, overall, they've been really solid this year. Yeah. And, and, oh, go ahead, John. Well, well I was just going to ask, just hitting on the Xavier game, uh, Jared, like, you know, it, it really looked like in the first half, especially West Virginia was in control of that ball game. But I, I was just planning on asking you kind of what happened in that second half. But it, it seems that it was just what turnovers and just not making shots, I guess. Would, would you say that was the case, Jared? Yeah, tur- turnovers. Uh, Xavier did a good job, you know, getting to the basket, making shots. They had a couple of uh, three-point attempts. I believe it was boom for both of them. Um, 
where he was fouled. Um, and, you know, West Virginia did lead for about 29 minutes in that game, um, you know, just shy of that. The first half, they did really well shooting the ball from three. I believe there were seven for nine in that game from three in the first half. A couple of those were banked in. I don't know if they called bank on it, so, uh, you know, take it for what it is. But, um, yeah, and then it just kind of fell apart at the end there. Um, like I said, they were really disappointed with their effort and their, um, I guess, mental focus during those last five to ten minutes of the game. And I think it's one that they feel they let slip away a little bit. Yeah, and in watching them play, um, I see a like a stark contrast and difference in how UAB plays. Um, they don't – West Virginia really doesn't seem to have like a, a dynamic playmaker initiator from what I saw. Um, you have better intel. Do you know who's the guy that I saw Toussaint do some of it off the bench? But um, in that starting lineup, is this somebody that you give the ball to and they go make a play from the perimeter? I think it kind of comes in stretches. It's it's definitely not, in my opinion, like UAB where Jelly Walker's just going to go get you a basket. But Eric Stevenson, you know, can make shots. He's shooting over 47% from three this year. He's got a lot of college basketball experience, had some other stops before this. You know, Trey Mitchell, Texas transfer. Um, he's been very well. Emmett Matthews Jr. has been well uh, playing well at times. Um, so it, it's different players at different times in my opinion and it's definitely not like uab where it's you know kind of the jelly walker show but also uab's got a ton of really really good role players too right and it it does kind of seem that kind of both of these teams both uab and west virginia are still kind of try to try to fit all the pieces together and you know we we know how that that's going to be you know with both teams uh utilizing the transfer portal um each year i know you know andy kennedy does that and bob huggins does as well um but uh, something that UAB fans might not realize is that UAB actually faced off against Eric Stevenson last year when he was with South Carolina. Um, so UAB does have some experience uh, guarding him. Now, he did go off for, looks like, 15 points in that game at Columbia. Um, but that sort of, I mean, you would think that would kind of help UAB just, you know, being familiar with him uh, from last year. But I, I definitely agree with Darian. Uh, I mean, I, there's not really one person that really pops off on this West Virginia team, um, except for Eric Stevenson. Um, it kind of looks like he's kind of slimmed down a little bit, you know, even from from last year, you know, when he was with South Carolina. Um, but I, what, Jared, what does UAB have to do to go into Morgantown and uh, try to pull off the upset? Because, you know, at least recording right now, West Virginia has not lost in Morgantown this year. They're 3-0, probably going to be 4-0 after the Navy game. But, I mean, what if, if you had to pick one thing, what's UAB going to have to do to come out Saturday with the win? Yeah, like you said, West Virginia has been, you know, very good this year. Their only two losses were to Xavier, like we've already talked about, and Purdue, the number four team in the country, uh, and who Bob Huggins considers the best team in the country right now. Um, and, you know, they had cut that deficit to four late in that game before Purdue pulled back ahead. But – you know, these two teams played last year as well on uh, December 18th down in Birmingham. The one thing that stands out to me a lot in that box score is four of 21 from three-point range for UAB. Yeah, uh, I, I watched quite a bit of UAB basketball last year, actually. Probably more UAB basketball in my last couple of years. 
than I've seen West Virginia play. So this is kind of a weird, weird situation for me, uh, you know, on this podcast, just because I covered CUSA so much. I do not expect them to go four for 21 from three point range again. Uh, that seems very unlike them, especially with a guy like Jelly Walker. Um, and, you know, some of the other guys that we've mentioned before. Um, so I, I think it'll be better than that. West Virginia also shot very poorly in that game, two for 13 from three point range. Um, but they shot 27 free throws, uh, only made 17 of those, but, you know, UAB only shot 13. Um, so I, I think it'll be a good game. Bob Huggins said today, actually, um, that this is probably going to be one of the better teams that West Virginia faces all year. Um, so I, I, I expect it to be a, a very good game, a very competitive game. Yeah, I really think this is going to be a clash of styles. Um, UAB is kind of showtime. And when we play, we can hit you with runs and it can come out the blue. And then especially if we get Eric Gaines going in his athleticism and we get out in transition and then um, Jelly Walker can pull up in semi-transition and he can do his thing. Everybody know that. But this West Virginia squad, they seem, if if anybody is familiar with the NBA, they seem like a Toronto Raptors type of squad where there's a lot of length. There's a lot of forward, rangy, you know, skinny guys with that can hop and block shots, and they just are very disciplined. Would you agree with that's just how Bob Huggins like to play, and that's that's the identity of this team to where they just get up on, get up in you defensively. And and they run plays offensively to get a good shot. I think if you ask Bob Huggins that question, uh, he would say they're not disciplined enough. Um, and they're, <laughs> they're not good defensively enough, but they are, you know, a, a good defensive team. Um, you know, they're a very solid team. The net rankings, the first ones of the season came out the other day. They're 11th in the net rankings. Uh, so that tells you the strength of schedule that they've played um, and the results that they've had in that. And I, and I would definitely agree that it's a, definitely a clash of styles. UAB plays a very fun brand of basketball under Andy Kennedy. I've really enjoyed watching them play. Um, you know, it was much must-watch TV for me in the NCAA tournament after that Conference USA tournament run to watch them play Houston last year. Um, I know that didn't end the way that you guys were hoping it would, but um, – you know, it's, it's a very fun team to watch in UAB, and I think whoever's style kind of comes out a little bit more, whoever takes better care of the basketball, if, if West Virginia's disciplined, um, they don't have some of those turnovers or do some of those things to shoot themselves in the foot, um, you know, it should be a, a good day for them. But, um, you know, overall, I think it should be a very, very competitive game, like I've said before. And just to kind of back, uh, back up, you know, the, that point, it, you know, in the clash of styles that Darian was bringing up, Jared, uh, you look at Ken Palm and you look at, you know, tempo where UAB ranked seventh is, you know, a very quick tempo. And you look at West Virginia, uh, Ken Palm's got them at 151st. So, uh, but you look at how efficient they are as well. Um, this this is going to be a clash of styles. UAB is going to want to run it up and down the court, get a shot off, get a very good shot off as quickly as possible where West Virginia, on the other hand, is going to try to slow it down and try to, you know, get a good shot off kind of late in the shot clock and then just play very sound defense. So I think I think UAB did a very decent job last year in the matchup at Legacy Arena. 
uh, it's just unfortunately like Jared you mentioned earlier just shots weren't falling for UAB and UAB ended up losing 65 to 59 so I, I think if UAB can get West Virginia to kind of pick up the pace and kind of play their game I uh, play UAB's game then I do like uh, UAB's chances to you know pull off the the upset which UAB <laughs> really needs uh to try and get that at large bid come March for the NCAA tournament this year yeah, I mean, even if they don't get that, I'd like their chances to win CUSA. I know CUSA has been a very good basketball league, very underrated basketball league, you know, covering that. Western Kentucky is has been good in the past, you know, four or five years. They're expected to be very good again this year with a lot of the transfers they brought in. And you look at other teams, FAU, they knocked off Florida earlier this year, didn't they? Yes, they did. And, yeah, and, and North Texas is always good. They like to slow it down. Grant McCaslin there is... Uh, you know, a very good coach, had a lot of success. La Tech has had success, you know, the last few years. I know they lost Kenny Lofton, but that's a really good basketball league, man. Very underrated basketball league. Definitely. Well, I've just got one more question. Uh, so I know you've covered, you know, Rick Stansbury and WKU for years, and, you know, you had a really good relationship with Rick. But <laughs> I guess how how – much different or or i guess fun has it been just talking with i I know you haven't talked with bob a lot but the the little times that you know you've been able to talk with him how how fun has it been just kind of you know covering a a legend in college basketball it's definitely different than covering rick that's for sure uh they're pretty much like polar opposites but it's it's really cool he's a hall of famer uh bob huggins is he Mm -hmm. he he says what he needs to say. I think he knows exactly what he's saying when he's saying it to get the reaction from the the people that need the reaction, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's, he also knows basketball very well. He reminds me a lot of Bill Belichick and the way he talks, uh, the Patriots head coach in the NFL. Um, back when I was in, in college, I worked at a TV station in Boston as an intern, and I transcribed a lot of Bill Belichick. Uh, interviews and and press conferences and the way he talks and the things he says it it doesn't seem like it's very exciting but it's just the delivery he actually says a lot and he gives you you know very good answers in my opinion and that that's kind of like bob huggins he's he's very knowledgeable about basketball and i've learned a lot just listening to him already um but you know going back to to rick he he definitely talks a lot more and I had a very good relationship with Rick. Um, you know, there was one day last year, I believe, it was the game the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Um, he asked me if I was going home. I said, no, I was just going to go to work at the office and design the pages and stuff. And he and his wife, Mio, were both trying to get me to come to their house and at least get a plate and have Thanksgiving with them. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't because I had to work. And Zach Greenwell, their SID at the time, who had previously worked at the daily news kind of backed me up he's like yeah i've been there before you're in the office all day you're stuck there whatever um but you know it's just those kind of things he rick kind of gets a bad rap outside of you know the people that know him very well i think um you know i think just because of recruiting and some of those things but he's he's a very genuine person once you get to know him and um you know i'm a, a guy that i'm really glad that i got to work with that's good. That's a cool story. I like I like when people get to share the genuine side of people, not the the image, the perception sometimes that's put out there. So that's that's good. It's good to hear that Rick is a good guy like that. Yeah, no, he definitely is. And um it's definitely been weird 
you know, going from him who is very good at talking and, you know, talks a lot to, you know, Bob Huggins, who's very reserved kind of in the way he presents himself. Can that, can that be intimidating or off-putting? Oh, it, it's intimidating as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was shaking the first time I asked him a question. That's a Hall of Famer. And I'm just this guy that just came in here, and they hand me a mic, and I'm just like, all right, let's go. <laughs> hey, it is what it is, baby. Got to go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. It'll, it'll, you know, I'll get used to it, I'm sure. And it'll still be cool, though. You know, not many people right. get to see that they've, you know, had an experience like this. Yeah. Correct. Definitely. Well, Jared, man, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, we hope that we can have you on again. Um, hopefully, you know, West Virginia um, will continue to play UAB in future years to come. Um, but thanks as always, you know, for hopping on the Blazer Victory podcast. Guys, again, if you are not following Jared on Twitter, give him a follow at Sport. Again, congratulations, Jared. Doing a great job already covering West Virginia sports for HD Media. I know you're going to kill it just like you did at the Bowling Green Daily News. Um, but yes, sir. Just thanks again, man, for hopping on. Hey, man, anytime you guys want want to have me on, I'll be happy to hop on. You know, I've got my Blazer Victory podcast hoodie, so I represent. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, oh, I, yeah. I saw the pictures when I was taking my final tour of Kentucky. So, yes, uh, you know, look sharp. Yeah, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I'm not even a big podcast guy, so I appreciate you. We appreciate you. And hey, and guys, also, hey, if you're not listening to Meet the Press Pod, that's M E A T, Meet the Press Pod, uh, podcast with uh, Tyler and Jared. They do a great job talking about um, a lot of different things, <laughs> uh, especially lately. But oh, they're so entertaining. I, I listen to every episode. So definitely check them out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to BVP right now. You can catch them. But, um, Darren, you want to close us out, buddy? Yes, sir. Blazer Nation, let's ride.